Sacrifices that you've made to get us where we are. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the blessing of your spirit. Thank you, Father, for the grace which you've given us to partake and to drink of your spirit, to drink of your wine, to partake of you. Father, we say thank you. We thank you, Father, for open heavens which you've opened over us. Thank you, Father, for the heavy angel which is over us. We thank you, Father, for heavy heavens which you've placed over us. It's not by our own doing. It is purely by your mercy. It is purely by your mercy. It's purely by your love. It's not of him that will it of or him that run it. It is you that show it mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the spirit with which you released to teach us your word, to bring us more into your light, to bring us more into understanding. Thank you, Father, for the grace that is abounding towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Thank you, Father, for that which you released and that which you are causing to increase in us. Thank you, Father, for the gifts of the Spirit, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Thank you, our Father. We say, be thou exalted. We say, be thou glorified. We say, be thou magnified. Lord, as we go into your word this morning, we ask, Father, that you would show us mercy again. We know that we don't know anything. It is only you. That open up the word to us. It is you that give your spirit to teach them. It is you that give your spirit to impart blessing. It is you that sends your angels, send your emissaries to teach things to bring us into your light, to raise us as a stature of righteousness. Father, we pray that this morning again you will cause your mercy to flow, that I will speak as I the name of Jesus, that you give me boldness to speak your word. That you would remove every weakness in me concerning your word, concerning my heart. You would straighten my heart towards you, towards your people. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that not my own ambition or my own 
intention would rule, but your will would be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray for grace and mercy that it will be multiplied to us in your word this morning. Thank you, Father, because you've answered us. Thank you because you have answered our prayers. Kahal Makarasa. Thank you for in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we just take a moment to to say hi to our neighbor? It's a beautiful morning. We're all welcome here. Just say hi. My neighbor. And to to the tiny neighbor there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We thank God. We give God all the praise. We thank God for today. We thank God for his mercy. We thank God for all that he's doing to, to get us to be, to be here. Uh, how many of us are happy to be here this morning? Amen. Amen. I know I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, it's not too loud, I believe. Right? It's not too loud. It's just perfect. Oh, is it too loud? Amen. I think I like this, uh, this volume. It's not too bad. It's not too. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a wonderful day again. It's a, it's a beautiful day. It's, it's a, another time to share the word. Amen. How many of us have been blessed so far in these previous teachings? Okay, okay, that's awesome. Amen. Uh, I'd like to also welcome Brother Stephen. Amen for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. I know that you're, you'll be, in short, I, I forgot, I forgot. The brother Stephen that we know before, it's not the same one we, had, we are seeing today. <laughs> Amen. Something has been added to him. Something has, something has changed. His face is even different. His smile is even different now. Amen. Something has been added. So, and you can see, it's not the same. It's a, it's another brother, brother Stephen. Uh, I would just thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. I know your lovely wife would have loved to join us as well. Uh, well, thank you for 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 being here and you know, helping with the with the keys. Really appreciate and you're welcome once again. Amen. Amen. And uh, I welcome Joy as well. And you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, it's awesome seeing your face. I like your shiny face now. Your, your radiant face. You know, before, sometimes your face would just be and, and this, but now, I like this, I like this face. This face is good. It's awesome. Amen. Amen. It's good to see this face. It's, see it's shining and, you know, bright. And that's, that's the kind of face you want to see. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'd like to just appreciate my, my lovely wife. Thank you so much for for all that you do. Thank you for, for helping me. 
uh, and most of the time you'll be, you'll be saying, ah, and there's nothing I'm doing, and there's a lot. I don't know, maybe you don't, you don't see it, but you know, just as we are praying, and as I'm hearing your voice there, it's as if we are praying together. Amen. So, so she just quickly went to washroom, came back, and uh-uh. what happened? Something has happened. Something has happened. Okay, right. So, and I know. So, so when you are praying, I'm here as I'm praying. I know I'm praying. You are praying. Amen. So, that is that what that adds to my spirit. So, thank you so much for all that you do. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll just quickly. Sorry. Just, just drop it a bit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So I think I think I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Amen. So thank you for all that you do. I really appreciate. Like I said, and I love you dearly. Thank you for marrying me. <laughs> thank you for marrying me. You know. And I will say this again. Out of out of anybody I would have thought to marry. If if it wasn't you, ah. I'm just looking at the journey. I'm looking at the sacrifice. No, it won't be as easy as this. You know, just following without question. Okay, see what? Okay, see what the Lord say. Let's do it. You know, no question. Just following the Lord. Just obeying the Lord, and the Lord would continue to strengthen you. Uh, you know, imagine. You know, if you are serving the Lord and your bone is is poking you. On the side, just choke you on the side. Just, uh, just, if you want to move, the bone will just, that time the bone will extend and just choke one side. <laughs> Amen. That's not going to be a, an exciting scene to behold. Amen. But thank you so much for all that you do. I really appreciate. I really appreciate what the Lord is doing in you. Uh, the Lord is doing a lot, a lot. There's a lot of work the Lord is doing in you. And by the time it's done, I'm pretty sure we'll just see the beauty of it. Amen. Amen. The Lord is refining you. The Lord is making you more pretty, more beautiful. Amen. And he's looking also in the natural. You're looking more beautiful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's just looking pretty every day. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do about that. I think I, I, think I like that, that kind of beauty overload. I think I like that. So <laughs> we give thanks to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed this morning? Amen. All right. All right. So, uh, first of all, without any further ado, I'll just let us open the book of Acts 26. I'm not too sure if that's where we're going, but um, so quickly, quickly, I'd like to ask um, from the past lessons, I know we've been, we've been uh, looking a little bit more into the aspect of our sight being enlightened pretty much. Our eyes being opened, the Lord showing us more about the importance of sight, right? Why it needs to be opened. I think we've been centered around that a lot. Um, I know most of us will know why. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe what we are teaching may not be too interesting, eh? But the Lord knows why. Amen. Uh, I'd like to ask quickly if, if um, we have any question. I know on Tuesday I asked if there was a question. I think from the question I asked, I kind of move around. But did I answer your question on Tuesday? I think I did, right? Okay, okay. All right. Because from that question, I think I, can, I just kind of started uh, uh, pretty much emphasizing more on what we taught on Saturday. Amen. Amen. 
Are we blessed? So, um, quickly, quickly, I'd like to, to ask um, if uh, Joy can give me a quick summary of you know, what blessed you on Saturday and Tuesday. Just what blessed you? Amen. No. And let me, let me give her that, uh, that mic so that... Uh, uh, why is it that? It's not an exam. It's just, just flu. Okay. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Okay. So, so the easiest way to remember is to calm down and not think too much about the pressure of answering the question. Just calm down and then think about the first thing that comes to mind and then go from there. Okay, so um, so last, sorry, this week, Tuesday, um, this week, Tuesday, Abby? Yes. Okay, so um, what I, like, what I got from, from the teaching was just, we're talking about, like, um, Jews and Gentiles, yeah. and then like we're saying that um, that Jews um, in the spirit are like born again Christians, yeah. um, and that um, like they are the people of God. And um, I think we're just mentioning just like a lot of things about Jews generally. Yeah. Um, like not like the nation, not the Israel nation, like that we see in the general in in the natural, but like you know what Jews are like in the spirit. So that's what. Amen. Okay. So uh, when you look at that, uh, so can can you picture? So what in the, in that thing just mentioned? What blessed you there, and how what did you see concerning you? As a child of God. Um, like one thing that really came out to me, I know that I, I'm not sure we talked about it on tu on Tuesday, but like you know how like he said that um, we have like the oracles of God. Okay. Um, I mean I don't I don't re really understand it to be honest, but like just like knowing that like there's something for me in that like I'm kind of better than. Someone that's not a Jew. <laughs> Just knowing that, okay, like I have an inheritance, like that I should be looking at, like, you know, I should not, like, be cheated of that oracle of God. That was just, like, what I was, like, thinking of. That, you okay. know, I should use this oracle, like, whatever it is. <laughs> okay, awesome. Amen. Mm. So, when you, I like this, this oracle aspect. I'll hold on to it, but uh, and I like, you know, the sincerity about. Some of them is committed the oracle, but some of you may not understand the oracle, but at least you know that you have an inheritance that you are going to, which is awesome. That's the heart every believer should have, right? Even though there are things we don't know, but we can see clearly that there's a hope that we should look forward to. It's a heart that we should have towards spiritual growth, because when the Lord begins to show us things. My identify, mm. so for example, I can identify something just like she identified the oracle. Oh wow, the oracle is for me. Ah, something I should have. Okay, then that can start a journey of question, right? 
to figure out, okay, what is this oracle? What is it for? And what does it do? Right? So you, you've talked about the aspect of the, okay, the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Um, and then you've seen, okay, okay, so there's an aspect of that, right? Concern that we've been talking about. There's an aspect of a Jew and a Gentile, which says, because you said that, ah, I'm a Jew and I have the oracle, okay. okay. <laughs> But there's an aspect of that that we talked about. It says, for both the Jews and the Gentiles, they are both on the same. So what does that mean for you? And what does that speak to concerning, I guess it's also related to the oracle. But maybe I've given you a little expo. But what do you see in that area as a child of God growing up spiritually? <laughs> okay. Ah, okay. Is, is, it, is the question tough? Is it clear? Okay, no, I, I want to know so I can rephrase it. Do you, do you think it's, it's, it's difficult? Okay, okay. So, um, the, as a child of God, so we, we, we say, we, we talked about the Jew and the Gentiles, right? And then we're now saying there's something specific that Paul was saying concerning the Jew and the Gentile, and he's saying that they are both under sin. Both the Jews and the Gentile, they are both under sin, right? Now, looking at that statement and the things you've learned that we've been talking about, right, what did you understand from there as a child of God that is growing up spiritually? Because this, this thing I'm saying is, is specific to growth. That's why I say, as, so the view is looking at it from growth perspective. What do you see in that arena? What do you understand you know, from the teachings? Um, what I understand, saying that like oh, Jews and Gentiles are both on that scene, it's just like, um, like even if like you give your life to Christ, kind of yeah. thing, like you are still on that scene, like you are still, like you are, yeah, okay, except that like your spirit is recreated, right? Like, you are still the same as the Gentile. Like, you are still the same like, as an unbeliever, except, like, <coughs> you start to, um, you know, know God, like, so I can forgive your sin kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. And not, like, not forgive, like, oh, I repent and stuff. Like, forgive, like, like taking out sin from you kind of thing. So, like, in just that growth mindset that, you know, like, um, Working out your growth, like knowing God, um, growing from there, and growing like as you're growing, like, or He's as He's forgiving your sins, you're growing. I guess I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. Mm. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why is everybody laughing? Mm? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so who wants to help uh, Joy out quickly? I mean, not that. So what you said is great. I'm going to start from there. So who wants to add to what she has said? Eh? I mean, apart from, apart from that, I think Brother Stephen can also help us. Just from, under, I mean, not be, uh, for, just from understanding. Okay. 
Well, let me ask, so Brother Stevie, have you been maybe because, you know, I don't know if he was able to listen because you know, there's a little baby that, you know, is taken care of. But do, do you have any, by any chance I've heard a little bit of what we have been discussing? No, okay. All right, so I guess it's only you now. <laughs> Amen. Um, okay, so do you want to, okay, okay, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Um, maybe I should start. Is that, do you want to say something? Okay. Actually, she did a lot. It's, you tried. Yeah. Why you don't cover your face? Why are you covering your face? Actually, um, you tried a lot. I mean, said. Said a lot. everything you said is nothing wrong. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So don't feel, yeah. don't feel shy. Okay. Yeah, like she said, even in my own thoughts too. Like, is um, it on? Yeah. It's okay. on. It's turned on. So she was talking about um, knowing that we are, we are the Jews and. Uh, by virtue of us being born again, yeah. we are now on a journey to we are considered the Jews in the spirit. Okay. And then there's also the Gentiles, which are also like more like the unbelievers. And um, uh, in reference to your question, knowing that say both the Jews and the Gentiles are on that same. Mm -hmm. And in reference to growth, I know you said. Uh, just been going over both Saturday and Tuesday how the Jews and the Gentiles, the, why they are under sin is because they have gods that sin has created for them. So the only difference, apart from the Jews having the oracles of God, I think the, the, and the thing is that uh, both Genti Gentiles have many gods. The Jews also have gods, but there's one god in the center where that, that they have in the, in the center of their heart, yes. but they still have gods. And having those gods puts them on that scene. So I think on Tuesday, what you were driving out, I'm just taking a little bit by bit, like in response to growth, I know we talked about Acts 26. I'm just saying a few <laughs> bits I understand. I'm still learning from it. But you mentioned about delivering them, delivering you from your people, and from the Gentiles, and then to open their eyes, to turn them from the power of darkness, darkness to light, to light. Uh, that their sin may be forgiven, for the forgiveness of sin. So that forgiveness of sin, like Joy said, is not just repenting, repenting, like, God, oh, forgive me for this one, forgive me. Forgiveness of sin is that they show you, they have to open your eyes for your sin to be forgiven. So you have to, I know what was stressed on Tuesday is seeing our other gods mm -hmm. that's making us under sin, just like the Gentiles. So when they open our eyes to see our other gods, we can turn from them and there our sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. So as we are turning, our turning causes the forgiveness of our sins and that causes our growth, makes us to grow. Because a kind of someone that just gone born again, like uh, uh, Joy said, is is now introduced into the Commonwealth of Israel. It's like you're called into a a a bloodline, yeah. I would say. So when you get born again, you are now called into becoming a spiritual Jew. A Jew is someone that is inheritance is God, and that is what God has done from the beginning. So. 
Adam wasn't really a Jew, as in Jew, Jew, but he is a Jew spiritually, like in the spirit, but in the natural, he wasn't a Jew. The Jews started from Abraham, I believe, like the descendants of Abraham, that God came back again to find Abraham because there's an inheritance that he wants to give to man. And then he found a nation. Because of Abraham, he found his generation. Yeah. He, he made a promise to his generation. And that promise to his generation is him as an inheritance. But he started that with Abraham. So he just began to open our eyes to see who an Israel is. Like on Tuesday, just expanding how we ought to see ourselves. That this is something that is very important that the church can't yeah. see yet. We say it, or we say, oh yeah, there is the Jews or dying. A physical location, like somewhere in the in the world where they are. So, but we don't see that ourselves also. We are also a spiritual Jew mm -hmm. that the the Lord Jesus has made available to us. So He brought us into that commonwealth like the Israelites. So we are a spiritual Israel whose inheritance is God. And the, the thing is that in order to inherit God, we must not have any other God. So as we are growing, we are dropping gods. This is just my own understanding. As we are moving, as a carnal believer is becoming spiritual, they are dropping gods. They begin to let go of carnality, let go of things that other things that take importance in their heart. But that, as they grow, but that ha comes by growth, and growth comes by seeing, mm -hmm. by seeing a different life. And I know you, you mentioned something that really stuck to me. You were talking about, and it kind of connected to, to this to me too, when you're talking about sense, mm -hmm. that there's a way the sense work, like the way you are, your sense is the way you are. Your, your sense is what informs your mind. It's how you, this kind of sense you have is what will make you think mm -hmm. in a certain way. So when your mind, when your sense change, your mind will change. As I said, you have, um, 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 there's something you mentioned, I can't remember the scripture about having the mind of Christ. Yeah. That, that is a sense. The way Christ thinks is another kind of sense. It's not something you can just say, oh, he thinks this way, I can go and think the way. No, it has to be a completely different sense. And what, how we can come to that sense is by God showing us a different way and just trusting, even though we cannot see how that sense Will come in, I will come into that sense, just trusting the leading of the spirit in dropping, not doing things the way we used to do them before, and begin to do it in the opposite. More like, not you can't see it all, but while you are changing what you are doing, you are coming into another sense without even you knowing. So that's then, and that is like more like also you growing and t turning away from your works and moving spiritually. I said spiritual joy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what she said? It's clear? Okay. All right. Um, okay. Amen. So, at this, I, don't, I know what you're talking about. It's a very low something. It's not that serious. So, <laughs> it's not that serious. You know, it's not talking about eternal life and, you know, all those things. But I believe that these things are things we should know. Amen, right? That they are, they are the frame of spiritual growth. These things are things we need to, to teach too. Um, the reason for teaching, right, is not to excite. It's not to give you a feeling. The reason for teaching is to build, right? 
whenever teaching is going on, is to build. Um, it, sometimes it might even be things that maybe you might have a sense about or know about, right? But each time teaching is going on, is to establish an understanding and a frame, right? It's, I'll put it this way. Maybe I've said this before, but preaching is not the same as, as teaching, right? And they don't do the same job, right? Preaching can get you to believe, right? When they preach, oh, you don't have to believe in the Lord. It can, it can, it can move you to believe, right? It can move you. You can be moved by preaching. Oh, oh, the preaching I had today blessed me so much. Why? Amen. It's like I have to believe God more in this area. Right? Those those kind of things are good, right? Because it it helps our our decision making, right? It helps our our response to God, right? Teaching does a lot more than that. Because when teaching is happening, it is it's really building the or, sorry, let me put this, it is framing the world with which the soul can be picking life from or can be picking senses from. If is what I'm saying clear, it's not too strange, right? So so when teaching is for for example now, teachings would for example, now we know we are Christians, but now we are talking about Jews, Gentiles, and all those things. It may seem like, but there is a core understanding that it is giving, which is rebuilding into our soul, right? It's making it clearer what our journey is, what our destiny is, right? So, before I know, we all, I'm sure we all know, oh, a Jew, no, but maybe we didn't think about it this way. But the way they are teaching us is giving another sense, it's just another sense added. To our senses that we have before, right? And if and even if we don't have any sense, it is giving us a sense, right? So, is is adding to what we have, and it's not removing. And and again, I guess this will also help us to understand that you know no te- no meeting is useless, even for things we've learned before, right? In short, things I think I know. When I hear it again, I'm like. Ah. How come it's so funny? They may say the exact same way they've been saying it before, but somehow the way it just sits in my soul, you just be like, ah, it's like I've never heard this thing before. Wow, it blesses me over and over and over and over. You'll be so surprised how much we need to hear the things we know often and over and over and over. Sometimes I might just be uh, maybe in the kitchen. The bathroom and the things I do just visit me again. I'll just be pondering on it. Okay, this thing, why? Like trying to convince myself again. Okay, this thing, why is it like this? And those are the activities that should be happening to every believer. Why? Because most of the time, when we don't get things right, that's most of the that's where we get it sometimes. Hmm, okay, I've thought about this this way. Hmm. Looks like there might be more to this thing. It's like there's an angle here that I didn't understand before. Sometimes, is it that, is that, that shower time that the Lord will zoom into one particular aspect of maybe the scripture? Maybe it's just the D. D. From, let's say, and the 
man Christ, you know. But maybe before, what my sense have been there, the man Christ, what is saying, really, man Christ, is not saying D. See, that moment, the Lord was zooming to the D. He said, okay, now look at this D now, okay. Now, you just need to think in the sense of the rest. Okay, all right. That's, the Lord is also teaching, right? So, no teaching is useless, no teaching is wasteful, no teaching is, is they, are not, they are not teaching what we need to hear today. Let's, you know, why? Because... This, 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 this things we are learning. Yeah? It's only God that knows how much we need to relearn. Many, many, or we need to hear things we've heard before. <laughs> thank you. Every day, thank you. As long as it's called today, can you see Scripture? Yeah? It's telling us that, in short, we need this every single day, every day. See, as long as it is called today exalt one another. So, in short, even if we meet every single day, it's not enough. Well, I guess it's enough because that's the standard. <laughs> Amen. So, God say exalt one another as it is called today. So, maybe in your bedroom because maybe there's no physical meeting, you can still you know, fellowship with the Lord. That's what will stop you from fellowship with your brethren. You know, maybe you just feel like calling somebody as you're adjusting. You can even move into scripture. You know, there's there's nothing that stops the fellowship. So, if our conversation every time we talk is about Bible, it is more than enough. It is worth it, and it's more than worth it. I know there is a sense that will tell us that everybody is they are just talking about Bible. Bible don't be uh, earthly useless and heavenly minded and earthly useless. You know, as if, as if, as if this earth enough, we can even figure it out without the heavenly ones. The place we are talking about is what will help us figure out this world, right? So sometimes we can even feel guilty that, or feel religious. Oh, it's all about, you know, and then, oh, let's just go and, you know, I can also, talk, you know, do barbecue. Still, yes, we know we do all that. But we should not forget the exhortation, right? We should not forget that aspect. Our conversation should be, should be seasoned with salt. It should be, should be around it should, be, it should be with the Christ sense and God sense. Amen. And the Lord will help us. Amen. So I, I, I believe I've encouraged us a bit. Right? And I was good. Did I ask already, like, is what we are saying strange? Have I asked that question? Okay, it was in my head. Okay. So, is, is what we are saying, is it strange? It's not strange, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm, this I'm thinking, okay, is what we are saying, is it strange, is it? Because most of the time, that's what most people will hear. They will say, oh, ah, revelation. Ah, calm down. No. I just, just, just gist it. It's just Bible we are talking about, too, right? So, because it might sound as if it's one big thing, but it's just a simple Bible. We're just using, let me, let me use this. We are using um, scripture sense to begin to define our understanding, right? Christians, we are not meant to deal with scripture based from idea or tradition. It's Satan that, that would that design us that way, that we carry that such sense. But it's the same sense that we carry from dumb idols, right? So those sense, they move it into Bible. Then one thing we notice is that we don't we don't think with the Bible, right? We don't think from Bible. We what we do most of the time we can assume, right? Things from Bible we can assume scriptures, assume different things. Right, 
Which is why, you know, sometimes you can even feel, no, okay, I don't know Bible very well like that. It's okay. No, it's not. We understand that maybe we may not know everything in the Bible. It's okay, right? But the heart shouldn't be comfortable in not knowing what the scripture says, you know? Because some of us, are, oh, okay, let me, let me say so that we don't feel guilty, right? Because some of us, right, we might, might, we might think that it's okay to not know maybe specifically where the scripture is, right? It's okay. But it shouldn't be a, a standard, like, like a standard as if, oh, it's all right. It's okay that you don't know everything, that's fine. But the heart posture should, should be, as you are reading, as much as the Lord will allow you to remember, remember them. Sometimes the Lord can help you. Why? Because he would begin to bring those scriptures out in your heart. Sometimes it may not necessarily be for that moment. It may be for later. But when that happens, don't just throw it away or assume it. If you know it word for word, awesome. You can be thinking from that. If you notice, ah, no, I don't know this. Open your Bible. Look at the chapter. Look at the verse. Read it. And put it back. Simple. Right? Because what that will help is that in the future, as you begin to live, the Lord can begin to quicken those scriptures, bring them alive to talk to you about things. And if, if there's something missing, Satan can hijack that conversation. Right? Because you can be thinking with a different mind. Because sometimes when I'm thinking, I'm thinking, ah, this, this, this thing I'm picking and confirming. Okay, let me check Bible to be sure that I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> so I open my Bible, read the Bible to see exactly what he's saying. Sometimes I might catch myself, right? Because the spirit of revelation, when it comes, you might just say, oh, revelation, you just start thinking, you not check. Mm, ah, it, it uses Bible as it is. If it is still the same, it's the spirit of God that is still teaching you, but you are thinking in a different direction. You cannot wonder, okay, why am I thinking in this direction? Is this direction, is it based on the scripture? Maybe or is there something else the Lord wants to say to me? Right? Because it's possible that you can pick that sense. You are thinking from that particular scripture. But what the Lord is saying to you is in another place. Maybe that scripture is just a link, is a brother to that one. So it may not be that what you are thinking is wrong. It will just be that, okay, establish it with scripture so that it's it's clear right mm. that clarity aspect is where uh, we need to really 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 do well amen i'm sure we are all skilled in you know learning i just thought to share you know this this a little bit amen praise the lord so i asked if if we if what we are saying is strange and we all say it's not strange right we understand what we are saying so i'm going to go to Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. I don't know why I'm just stuck here, but I feel there's a sense. I think I've, I've talked about it. Maybe I talked about it a bit. Maybe it's just more of centering in on, on this, this thought. So as Joe was talking, the thought that came to me is, why? I want us to understand. Let's move, zoom into why are the Jews and the Gentiles both on the same? I want us to, to see what they are both on the same. No, I mean, when we started, there's that sense of the Jews, right? What advantage, right? What advantage then had the Jew 
or what profit is there of circumcision, right? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God, right? So Paul was saying that, that chiefly, chiefly, meaning that there are many other reasons why there's a, a Jew had an advantage over the Gentiles. But chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Amen. So committed the oracles of God. So now, I know, you know Joy mentioned that, ah, maybe she doesn't know what the oracles of God is. Yes, uh, and I know that I've, I didn't zoom into explaining what the oracle of God means because uh, the, the center of the explanation was more giving, making us to see uh, the, what, why a Gentile should be happy. Sorry, why a Jew should be happy. And like she said that, oh, at least she's excited that at least she has a hand, the oracle. And really, if you look at it, that was the sense of the teaching that day, to, to make it clear that, okay, being born again is not useless. Why? Because they have a destiny tied to the oracle, right? Mm -hmm. Then later, we moved to uh, Romans 3, chapter 10. Sorry, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, right? It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understanding, there is none that seeketh after God. Okay, well, verse 9 says, let me read this verse 9 I'm going to say, what then? Are we better than they, than the Gentiles? Say no, in no wise. For we have before, I mean earlier, which is chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, right? We have before proved both, right, Jews and Jews that they are all under sin. So they've proven that both Jews and Gentile, they are all under sin. Of course, Paul is, and to be clear, right, Paul is speaking, this is the New Testament, right? Paul is making it clear, right, that in the, see, in the natural before, we have the Jews, right? You have the Gentiles. But you can consider the Jews better than the Gentiles because they have the oracle. But now, as of in the New Testament, we have proven that both the Jews and the Gentiles, they are all under sin. And you would wonder, why would Paul want to make it clear that seal, both Jew and the Gentile, they are both under sin. Because now in the New Testament, right, both the Jew and the Gentile in the natural should give their life to Christ. Right? But there's something particular about that because there's, there's something we can pick from the Spirit in that sense. But now that even though we have a spiritual Jew and we have a spiritual Gentile, but there's also the aspect of both of them being under sin, which can be tied to, or let me say, we can be superimposed from the understanding of what Paul is saying concerning the natural Jew and the Gentile that are both under sin. Right. So do you understand what I'm saying? So in the spirit, is different, right? In the sense that 
while Paul was talking about the natural, he says they are both under sin. Why? Because there is none. There is none that has sin. Right? There is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understand it. Then there is none that seek it after God. So, that was Paul's argument to explain that, okay, I'm saying it better now, right? It's, it's, it's making it clearer that they are both on the sin. Now, you can tie them being on their sin to this verse 10, right? There is none righteous, there is none that understand it, and there is none that seek it after God. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Before, when I was thinking about it, I was, I was looking also that this seeking after God, okay, what about Christians that genuinely, even though they are both understand, they are still seeking God, right? But now, looking after this, knowing clearly that to seek after God is different. It's a different, it's a different, it's a different ball game entirely. Right? Totally different. What we call seeking after God, we are still seeking after God, right? But let me say, doctrinally or growth-wise, the aspect that they can say that is so, is actually seeking after God, is not the same as what we do every day. Pray, Lord, I'm seeking your face concerning a matter. Lord, I pray my, I read my Bible to seek after God. That is seeking after God, right? Because it's part of our daily, what, say, seek ye first the kingdom. Right? So, let me, let me, let me use scripture sentence. Say, perhaps we can call that seeking the kingdom. Right? Every day you are seeking the kingdom, which will result in you inheriting God, inheriting his kingdom, right? So, but you have, uh, I want to make this clear. Okay, I don't want to confuse Joy. Eh? Hope I'm not confusing you. It's clear? Okay. So, we have the daily activity that we do. Pray, read our Bible, all those things, which you can't remove. We have to be doing that. Because it's part of, it's, let me put this, it's part of, that's how a Christian should be. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, I mean, I know when we get born again, they will train us so that we get there, but that's just the natural way. If you ask, Lord, how should a believer be? According to God's standard. Removing what all of our own, you know, let's explain who they are newborn, remove all those explanations. God's standard. How should a believer be? A believer should be like this. Okay, what is that this? Is he that prays? Is spiritually inclined? Right? Spiritually alive. And you can't be any of those without praying or reading your Bible. I mean, how can you be spiritually alive when you are not praying and you are not reading your Bible? The sign that you are not alive is that you are not praying. It means that something, something, something is happening to you. If you are not praying, something is going on. There's a sign, something... There's a fire that is not burning. Why? Because even if you don't feel like praying, if your life only goes, will quicken you sometime. Okay. No, no, no. You can't. 
Even after a while, if Holy Ghost does not even say anything to you, after a while, if you go for a while and you look, what's happening? Your, your, your conscience itself should talk to you. Because conscience is a, you know, it's a factor of understanding. Right? <laughs> so, if you understand clearly that you should be, as a believer, you understand that you should be praying, reading your Bible every day, then it shouldn't be a, a strange thing. Right? It shouldn't be a strange thing that you are praying, you are reading your Bible. Okay, that one is standard. It's a standard thing to do. It's, it's not... You know, when we do it, maybe we attach a reward to it. After I've done it, maybe one thing, do it, whether one big thing happens or not. You keep doing it. It's just it's your life. It's your life. It's just the way you are. Right? And I know that, okay, maybe perhaps we struggle, but the Lord will help us. Right? But I don't want to glorify the weakness because all of us, we should be standard. <laughs> we should stand. We should be standard. So if perhaps maybe you're not finding, ah, I'm weak here, talk to your brother. Talk, let, I encourage, let be encouraged. Don't, don't be an island. Don't just throw away and go into your world and disappear. Because, why? Because that thing, you must, you must never give Satan a chance. Satan, what if Satan would, if you give Satan a chance, he will, he will kill every, every iota of desire. He will kill everything. He will eliminate every single thing. He, he will remove it when it comes to desiring God and praying or reading your Bible. So, those things have established that this thing is standard, so it's not anything strange, right? So, to seek after God is some, it's not something that a canal man will do. A canal man can't seek after God. No matter how much prayer the canal man is praying, no matter how much Bible a canal man is reading, it can't seek after God. Why? Because it does not have what it takes inside of him to truly seek after God. All the strength, all the strength that a Kanaman has is to seek the kingdom. It is the Kanaman they are talking to that seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. That is the message to a carnal mind, to a carnal man. And you know a carnal man is not what we mostly define as a carnal man, right? You know a carnal man the way we define A is a carnal man is that, okay, this guy goes to club. He smokes and drinks. <laughs> but you'll be so surprised that that, one, that, that that guy that we're calling carnal, I don't even know if we can call them carnal. Maybe we can call them fleshy. I'm not even saying the smoking is a is bad thing. I'm just saying by our own standard that we define small. Others, but that's not, that's not a carnal man. You'd be so surprised that a carnal man is much more better than a non-believer. <laughs> right? Even though they are both, they are, I mean, a, 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 a non-believer having him carnality, having him vanity is what is, what is inside. You can't, you can't separate uh, such a man. No matter how clean that man looks, no matter how awesome he looks on the outside, he's still a dead man. No matter how much, no matter no matter how much 
uh, money is given to charity, or he or she given to charity, no matter how much donation, it's still a dead man. Still dead. But a carnal man is he who is born again. The moment anybody is born again, there's the state of a newborn believer. It's carnal. It's a state. It's not an, it's not an insult. It's not... Because you know the moment we hear, ah, you are Kana, everybody will be like, ah, my life would have insulted me. Me. You are saying me I'm Kana? No. I'm a spiritual person. I'm not Kana. Calm down. Calm down. We are using understanding now. Every newborn babe is Kana. That's just what the scripture says. Say, I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto Kana. Meaning that and babes. So, but I speak as a little bit for ye are yet carnal. <laughs> That's what he said, right? Because I was speaking about so little bit. Say, yeah, are yet carnal. Meaning that, imagine what kind of word would he be saying to them? It's not, it's not saying that you are repa- repairing for the kingdom of God. Is that That's what he's saying to them. He's probably telling them, don't envy your neighbor. Don't be offended by your neighbor. Don't strive. Against your neighbor. He's probably telling them that. But that's not what the message we hear too. That's not the message we hear in the church. So, which means, because you'll be wondering, there's a specific, a specific kind of message to unbelievers. I know that one is, so why are they preaching to believers? Don't be carnal. Don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Don't be proud. Uh-uh. They are preaching all those things because those are the things you preach to a carnal soul. So, there are things that Paul could have taught the Corinthians. But he's saying, I, I would have taught you, but no, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual. Because he's demarcating a different kind of growth for a believer. So that believer, there's a kind of word that a spiritual believer will hear, which is different from the, what they will teach a non-believer. So they, they will teach a canal soul. Right. So it can also, it can also is just the state of a newborn babe. It's kana, or she, or he or she is kana. So there's nothing they can do. They are just kana. Amen. So they need to upgrade them to become spiritual. But all the strength that a can also have, all their, all their strength, all the strength that is inside of them is geared towards seeking the kingdom. Why? Because that's what they can seek. Not this seek thing, like I was explaining, to seek, you can look, it, look at it different ways. You can look at it like I was explaining earlier, that the praying out every day, maybe you have an issue. Lord, I want to seek your face concerning this matter. Right? Oh, I'm seeking the Lord. Then you go and fast. Ah, you are fasting, yes, I want to see the face of the Lord. Awesome. That seeking is seeking indeed, but it's different, right? From this seeking that I'm talking about. Because this seeking is, is a kind of seeking the soul does, right? It's not the kind of seeking that just our natural mind can conceptualize. This, this is seeking. Sometimes our soul is seek, there's what it, it there's what it is seeking. Right? 
That's what our soul is seeking. And when it's, which may be, what the soul is seeking sometimes can be different from what you are going to pray and fast for. Right? Sometimes, and part of, part of explanation to understand that sometimes what your soul is seeking, not what we are getting towards, is that when our soul is seeking God in a way, sometimes, or seeking the kingdom, men can try to satisfy that by, oh, let me get this, let me get that, let me get that. But then you realize that it's actually not looking for all those things. Anybody that is born again, that the spirit is recreated, there is something the soul is awoken to, right? The soul is awoken to a world. It may not, it may not, it may not have the strength or anything yet, but because of the life in the spirit, there's an introduction into the soul about the world of the kingdom of God, which it cannot begin to seek. The strength the strength, even though our entire person can be seeking for God, right? But what our soul is seeking for really is the kingdom. Right? Because that's the next phase that the soul should find itself. But that experience can look like, oh Lord, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking, I'm seeking you, I'm looking for you. Which is true. But the Lord knows where that soul should land. He knows that, okay, this soul should land in the kingdom. Therefore, let's start moving that soul towards the kingdom. So all the strength that a carnal soul have is to seek the kingdom. Because in its soul, it doesn't have the strength to seek God yet. The strength to seek after God comes from Christ. Is that clear? So, this one that, is this one that everybody is writing down? Wow, it's interesting. <laughs> but we can write it down. Right? It's also, it, it, perhaps it will give us some understanding and some clarity for those of us. Because this one now, because I know most of us, our goal is God, God, so... Let's go and seek after God. The strength, the strength to seek after God comes from Christ. It is, it is Christ that is strong enough to seek after God. Right? Because we see in the book of, I believe James said, when he began to just, when James was talking, I said, seeking for the mercy of God unto everlasting life. Is that what he said? Is it eternal life? I think it's eternal too. Let me see if I can find it. It said, build yourself on your most holy faith. Is it James or Jude? It's James, right? It's Jude. It's Jude. Jude 1 uh, verse. Is it 12? 21, yes. To keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of God, sorry, mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. This is a kind of seeking. Looking for the mercy of God, unto eternal life. This guy is a God seeker. 
Say, keep yourself in the love of God. Meaning, they have moved into the love of God. Seek him for. So, this is the strength. The strength, right, to seek for God has to come from charity. It's so that charity can begin to seek for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't want to talk too much about this area because I'm still talking about foundation, right? So, but we see clearly here that to seek after God is, is a, is a, is a more tasking feat for the soul, right? Is not simple. So when they're saying that, as it is written, that's Romans 3, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, Right? There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. It is clear if the soul does not, if the soul is not righteous and it does not understand, it can't seek after God. Right? It can't seek after God. As it is written, both Jews and the Gentiles, they are both under sin. Because sin is a limitation towards seeking God. Right? Sin is a limitation towards righteousness and is a limitation towards understanding. So what they are saying is that if they can give a soul righteousness, if they can give a soul understanding, it can seek after God. And it can, it can escape sin. It, it can escape sin. It can run, it can come under, come, not come under, it can come out of sin. Because they say they, but Jesus, they are all under sin. Meaning, sin is over them. Right? They are all under. So, meaning that there is, there is something above them that they must overcome. Right? So, there is something above them that they must overcome. And it's called sin. Is sin. But now notice, like I was saying, it is Jew and Gentiles on the sin. How is it possible that somebody that is born again, who is a child of God, who has a destiny in God, is on the sin? What kind of, what kind of thing is this? What, what kind of operation is this? Why is it on the sin? Abby, right? I should, the soul that is born again shouldn't be under sin. But we are thinking that way because we don't understand what sin is. When we see sin, we just see acts. Right? We see oh, backbiting, fornication, adultery, all those things. In short, the truth of the matter is that we consider disobeying the Ten Commandments as sin, right? But 
Let's ask, is that, is that really sin? Right? Yeah? In a sense, right? In a sense. Hmm. Do not have any other God. Okay. When I have another God except God, how is that sin? Because we need to understand the way sin operates. Okay, so how is that? I want to understand how that is sinful. Right? Me too, I'm thinking. Right, we're both thinking now. Okay. It's a deviation from the established purpose and will of God. Will and purpose of God. Deviation, right? So, why, why is the deviation a sin? Right? Because the, the reason why I'm saying that is, it's like there's a, we're still saying sin as act in a way. But sin is more than just what you do, right? Sin is a commitment, right? Because we can, what we do, we don't, okay, maybe we do sin, but the strength of sin is, Committing it, you to commit sin, right? To commit sin, you commit. To commit sin is mean is committing to sin. Well, where I'm coming from is sin is a life, not just an act. The life has a way it behaves, which result in all those acts that we. We, are, we consider sinful. But it's a life. So what God is warring against when he was giving Israel the Ten Commandments is a life. It was not just an act. Because they've been doing all these things before he told them, don't do this. Or we think they're not doing it. They didn't tell us they're doing it, but it's clear they must have been doing it. Because is, this is, all these things that the Lord gave them commandment against is what the Gentile nations were doing. Is what is rampant with the Gentile nation. A gen, like, like, like we were saying, a Gentile nation is, <laughs> their masterpiece is, is the world of gods. They have, they have God. It's not, they don't even have one. They have multiple. They have multiple gods. Then they covet. They steal. They envy. They, 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 don't, they don't love their neighbor. Why? Because they can covet their, their wives. They can covet their properties. Some will even kill because of the other's wife or the other's property. You know all those, all those movies we used to watch back home where somebody's killing somebody because of land? It's not new. And it's and it's not it's not just movie. It happens. You'll be so shocked. People kill you because of land, ordinary land. Land. Kill them. Send us a sin or something because of money. Those are things. That's that's a gentle sense. Is 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 rampant. There's not there's nothing new. And because Israel lived in Egypt, right? 
it's possible for Israel to have learned some of those things. Then the Lord began to, to tell them, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. But one thing is clear that they made clear to us that they could not with all their dealing with God and everything, they could not fulfill the law, right? They could not. If they couldn't fulfill it, that means that they were doing it. The thing they told them not to do, they were doing it. The chief of them is other gods. There's no way they will have other gods. God, God calls it they go out warring with other gods. So they go warring. It's a war, not war. Haw. They haw. Like a halot. And they go halotting with other gods. Meaning that. So they have, they have God. But go and set themselves to. Imagine if you go and haw yourself to another god. Is that not fornicating? Is that not adultery? <laughs> So, where, where everything flows from is from a life. So, what the Lord wants to stop in them is a, is a kind of life that is flowing inside them. That life is what they call sin. So, to stop that life, you have to stop committing the life or stop committing to the life. So to stop Israel from committing to that life, he gave them the commandment. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit fornication. Thou shalt not uh, have any, I'm a jealous God. Then I see that what the Lord is after is a life. It's a lifestyle. Right? Following other gods, Kissing another woman, another man's brother. It's, it's a life. Some, some people enjoy it. You know, maybe uh, fornication is something some people enjoy. Right? Unlike maybe an unbeliever would do, oh Lord, forgive me. Ah, somebody, that's their life. Uh, they will be counting score. And then maybe they are among guys. Say, ah, ah, 10 0. Say, ah. Maybe amongst, amongst guys, I have groups of guys, and then one will be like, ah, 10. Me, I'm number 10 now. I don't chop that babe. I don't chop that babe. But it's not only guys that do that too. Girls do that too. But the truth is, before a girl will do that, check it, something, something's really, really wrong. I know they will say, hey, is it double standard? I know it's a double standard. There's something about ladies and keeping themselves. Because they'll be saying that, why? Don't, you don't have to argue. We know that there's a lot about the world that they've 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 bastardized things. They've 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 made, they've made things very easy to commit. Like they don't give. They're, they're just like no. Uh, why if if a guy do it, they will applaud. If a guy do it, they will. We know that it's a double standard. But what do you think that sense is coming from? That sense is a culture. Is a life. That when we look at it, almost every culture had it. Both here, now that it is useless here, it was here before. If you go back to Africa, it's there. Even evil spirit took it to trade men. Why well, you must sacrifice to me only virgins? 
and all those kind of things. And then almost every culture have on wedding night, let's make sure that this thing is, is there. Let's make sure that blood is flowing, right? It's a culture. It's a lifestyle that is in every, almost every culture. I, I doubt there's any culture that doesn't have that. But it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from a sense, right? Which, if you check it, it's from Adam and Eve, generally. It will, just, it will be from there. Why? Because the way of life is trained by spirit. So the thing about that is, apart from the culture, check it, a woman naturally keep themselves. There's a, there's a, there's a way they carry themselves. We may think it's culture. No, not necessarily. It's not just culture. Culture added to it. But that thing is a life inside the woman. The, the carefulness to, to keep, to hair. It's, it's more about the woman than just the, the thing. It's a life. It's a life. That sense is, is gotten from the, I would say the spirit. Check. They're looking for a bride without a spirit. Christ is looking for a bride without spoil, without wrinkle. So it's the destiny of the church, meaning that, imagine, imagine, why did the scripture use foolish virgins and wise virgins, Abby? They call them virgins, right? Why are they, why? That virgin sense is not just coming from culture. So in scripture, Jesus also used virgins. These virgins. Why virgins? Right? Of course, we know that this virgin is a spiritual thing more than the natural. Right? Right? It's more spiritual. But we use not spiritual things. Let me say, natural things explain spiritual things too. So it's a spiritual culture. So why is the Lord looking for virgins? So it, there's, and, and they, they, they didn't say five male virgins. And five, 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 five wise male virgins, and five foolish male virgins. Why didn't they use? Why didn't they use me? Why? Why? <laughs> why did Jesus use women, virgins? But you know that in those virgins they're talking, both men and men are there. So it's not just about the gender; it's a spiritual. And sometimes when you hear Israel serving scripture, you see daughters, queens. Okay, why that? I know uh, all those that are women uh, activists, they will not see all those ones in scripture. What they will see is that, oh, the scripture is, is against women, blah, 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 men have authority, blah, 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 blah. Okay, have you, have you read that one that talks about the honorable women, daughters? And they are talking about Israel, saying, uh, daughters of Zion. So when you see daughters of Zion, you think it's just, it's not, I mean, the same way they say sons of God are not just men. Daughters of Zion are not just women. Right, so, you see how Satan used to just clash head and, and make us all crazy. So it's a, it's a spiritual culture, just something about a woman that just keeps, that, that just loves to keep because it's a keeper. Right? It's also, it's also a, it's a, let me use this word, just what we just read, brethren. Keep yourself in the love of God. It's a strength. It's a strength 
that is embedded in a woman. A woman can be strong to keep. I know men are keeper too, but you know there's a way you say, can you help me keep this? A woman will keep it well for you. Okay, I kept it here. Sometimes when a woman tell a guy, let me keep this thing. <laughs> we just, we'll keep, we'll keep it somewhere. <laughs> just forget it somewhere, just keep it. But there's just something about a woman being a keeper, just keep. So even them to keep themselves for their man is, 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 is almost like an intertwined destiny inside of them. I know Satan can come and do all kinds of things, but that doesn't remove the fact that they can still keep doesn't remove any of that at all. It's just, so we think more spiritual than natural. I'm just using the, the natural to point towards something spiritual, right? But, so we have, um, what was I saying earlier? Okay, I started from when, you know, uh, a woman, I remember now, is, going and worrying, something has happened, right, to her. So when Israel is warring with other gods, it means something has happened to Israel. Every single time that happens to Israel, something has happened to them. Amen. They've, whenever that happens, they've, they've, they've changed their life. Right? Anytime that happens, they've, they switch and it shows, right, in their day-to-day -day activity. Praise the Lord. It shows where their activity in their lives. But because they start making decisions, they start doing things that is against every law. There's no way. I, 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 let me think about this clearly, right? There's no way, right, that you have... There's no way you have Israel, right, loving God and going after other gods. You don't see it. One thing is clear. Every time they do that, they forget about God. Right? Yeah? Brastivi, am I wrong? Okay. They, for, they, forget, they forget about God entirely. Then God was warning them, Deuteronomy, Exodus, See, make sure. See, God was particular about the other gods they were going after and the other gods that were in the land they were coming to. So, summary is, the land of their inheritance, right, is inhibited by gods. So, when the Lord is saying drive the people, do you know who the Lord is really targeting? It's the gods. Right? Is the gods in the land that the Lord is going after. Why? Because if you remove all the altar and you leave one soul that loves that altar, it will create that altar again. Right? But remove the people that the altar is bound to, then remove the altar. But what, what have you done? You've annihilated the God. So, the Lord was particular. See, when you move into the land, make sure you kill. You take, take, take clear the place. Then, see their gods and their altars? Destroy them. 
right? No, most of the time it's men that go to war. So maybe the women and the children can be. It got to a point. There was a particular place they went to say the Lord said, see the women and the don't spare any. Don't spare. Of course, they, you can tell that if they if there's some that you know maybe from the lands they oh because they are women okay they didn't kill them they drove them out. If they stayed in the land, even if these women and they married the men, it's possible that because they are women, they can they can corrupt them to pick up the other gods. So the Lord told them. I think it was Moab. Is it a hair? It was half. It was. It was, it was Balaam the master, master, masterminder. He knows how to use women. So Balak is the king, right, that called Balaam the prophet. Then Balaam told Balak, Ah! I cannot curse these people. Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about women now. But I just saw something. <laughs> Anybody that finds a woman can either be blessed or cursed. A woman can be a blessing. And is a blessing to he who findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor, you see, from the Lord. He who findeth a wife. I mean, of course, you're not, you can't find that woman by your own sight. Or if you do, sorry, you won't find favor. It's something else you'll find. He who finds a wife by the Lord. I put the clause there. It's not there, but I put the <laughs> I put that clause by the Lord. Find that a good thing and obtain it favor. Do you know a good thing? That word, find it a good thing, is attached to blessing. Why? Because anything good is blessed. Said <laughs> because only God is good. Then we know that good, good is the beginning of the life into the kingdom which is tied to all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Say, blessed be God, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? So clearly, Christ Jesus, when you begin to come into him, the first thing they'll teach you and I is the fate of his life. They start, they start dealing as with life. Than, see, when you're using faith to live, right, Faith of Mark 11, 23, 24, right? If you say to this man, when you're using that, they're just giving you practice on, of a life. So that, when you're practicing that, you're practicing if having faith. But when you now begin to lend the life of Christ, is another faith. That one switches to a lifestyle that you can, you can tangibly use. It doesn't look like mountain move. You know what it looks like? Eh? It looks like forgiveness. It looks like meekness. When you're using faith life, what does it look like? It looks like not worrying for natural things. It looks like not being carnal. That's what that faith looks like. I remember when the Lord began, when I began to move into that kind of lifestyle, what I was there's a way I used to think. There's a, then, then my mind changed. I started thinking differently. Although, uh, the, the way I'm thinking is not strange to me, but it's not something I readily agree with. You know, because I've heard it preached plenty of times, but 
The reality is different. What is being preached? Or let me put it this way. The preaching that I've heard is, is close to it, but the life of it was not there. How? Okay. Can you live without thinking or without worrying about the natural? But let, let the natural respond to you. Was like interesting. The natural can respond. Hmm. I began to live by faith. My 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 believing is no longer Lord, give me, give me. No, I just believe the Lord will provide. Like Abraham's faith. Lord, Daddy, where, where where is the sacrifice? Ah, uh, my son, the Lord will provide Himself. So he will provide Himself a sacrifice. Right? That kind of faith. You know, that kind of faith is not the same as the faith that Abraham used to. Ah, I don't want to say, okay, but I just felt, maybe I'm wrong, I could be right, I, would, I mean, I could be wrong, but what I'm saying is the faith Abraham used to get Isaac, so, right? I mean, it's not the same as that faith to sacrifice him. But the faith he used to get him prepared him to sacrifice him. Right? Because he believed God. He was believing. Why I said the faith is different is because there was a time he was even tempted. He went into another woman. The, his wife said, ah, you know what? Maybe the Lord said, no, 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 no. That's not it. Right? So that faith, that one that he had, is faulty. Not that faith has fault, but you get what I'm saying, is that it's not enough. If they didn't train him to wait until Isaac came, he would never have the faith to sacrifice. He would never. Or do you think he would? Abraham is a man of faith indeed. But what we fail to see is that he was actually trained to have faith. He was raised. Abraham was raised. So you, maybe we think it's just an, a natural thing that just occurred in him. No. He was trained by faith. Okay, how? Imagine withholding a child from him until he was old. It's training. Do you know how many times he was worried? Especially in that kind of time that they have, they need a hair. Do you know how many times he was have been thinking, Lord, what would this... Imagine they waited, 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 they were still excited. Think about it. Maybe the Lord appeared to him when he was 30. You would think he's still a jalabi. The woman till 30. Okay, there's still chance. Then nearing 40. Menopause is coming. Huh? Do you think what, what kind of worry would engulf both him and the wife? Then they pass menopause. Yay. Ha! It has finished. What do you think Sarah laughed when they said, you are going to have a child at this time. Ah. <laughs> what are you saying? Did you not see? Did, did you see this body gone? What What do you think you are saying? Let me tell you that their faith, they shake. In short, after that time, maybe Sarah has given up. Forget about it. She's not worried. But Abraham still had faith because he believed God. No wonder they didn't say Sarah believed God and was called to have righteousness. <laughs> he said, Abraham, 
right? Because perhaps Abraham still was still believing that, okay, if the Lord has said it, he will do it. Then a child came. Then when the Lord said to him, give me that child, it wasn't difficult. Or let me say it was difficult, but not as difficult. Because, I mean, who, who in their sense will say sacrifice the only child? I know only. Oh! <laughs> Imagine. Maybe you love the child. Say, give me your son, dine only. Give me your beloved. Because what the Lord wants is Abraham's beloved. Because it's the same thing. Say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It has to be of that same order. It has to be that same order. His only begotten son. And what I'm saying here also is, when they say his only begotten son, is there's a process to him being begotten. Because there's a process to Isaac being begotten. His only begotten son. It's not just about Jesus coming, becoming, uh-huh. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Please, who was quoting that scripture? John, right? John was telling us, but who was talking? Well, Jesus Right? Yeah. Was talking to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. Ah, ah. So how did Jesus? Ah, ah. So you are telling me that when Jesus is saying that, he has been begotten in a way. Because it is the begotten son that went to the cross. Then he became the only begotten son. Right? Was, was a begotten son. Or I can put it this way. There's a destiny of being begotten on him. Because he knows that, okay. Um, but let me put it this way. Jesus was even, t- was, is that word, Jesus is terrible. See, that same word, there's all kinds of things inside. Right? Because he's also talking about destinies of souls. So for God to love that he gave his only begotten son, that was why believe should not perish. But that means that the solution to perishing is the begotten son. That's what Jesus was talking about. Say, yeah. the solution to perishing of men is the begotten son. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should not perish. So that gave, we'll probably think is he gave him to be born, went to the cross, died. But it's more than that. It's way more than that. I mean, that's a, that process, you can't, you can't remove it out of him being begotten. Right? You have a begotten son who is different from the only, only begotten son. Right? First of all, it can be have been begotten Right when they first spoke in Jordan. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Ah, you have a son? Okay, let's test you. I heard that your father declared you to be a son, because Satan knows what it means, because he's also a son. Ah, okay, I heard that the father has declared you to be a son. Okay. Let's test you. They tested him. Ah! His son indeed. Let's wait for another time. 
The second time that they declared it was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Please, does anybody know this one? Do, do we know when? When? Okay, because it was after the Transfiguration, right? That is that they prayed, let this cup pass over me. Was it or before? I think it was after. Yeah. So don't you think Satan came in another way? You know they said to leave him for a while to come back. Right? And I'm sure he has been tempting him all the way. But when the Lord came again, not before it was, this is my son in one way, please. Later, let's say, this is my beloved. Ah! You put beloved on top? Don't you think he would tempt him again? So, ah, they've declared you again, the beloved son. Let's tempt you. Let's test you. Okay, can you, can you not go on that cross? Can you, should be, should be you, you are the son of God. You can call angels to guide you up so you don't go to that cross. Yeah, do it. Don't go. Don't go. Pray the father. Tell him. Let this cup pass over me. You don't, because imagine Jesus not go on that cross. Ah, problem. Problem for everybody. But Jesus was able to overcome. He said, let's your will, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus overcame. He overcame because he decided to go on, to the, on that cross. In case you are wondering, maybe Jesus does not have temptation. Abi, so you know his destiny, right? Is to hang on the cross. But he didn't hang on the cross. He was, he was praying so that he would not hang on the cross. Say, Father, let this cup pass over me. Means that Jesus did not want to die. <laughs> so think about it. It's not only you that struggle with dying. All the all the gods. Let me have forgotten here. All the gods that our life have been tied to. It's not only you that's not afraid of dying. Me too, I'm afraid of dying. Jesus was afraid of dying. Everybody is afraid of dying. But it's just one thing required, which is just submitting to the will and, and to the leading of the spirit and, and, the, and the will of God. Submitting to the will. Say, not my will, but your will be done. Just submitting to God's will. There all strength can come. Even if I don't want to die, just submitting to will. We make dying worth it. Jesus said, not mine, but your will be done. Right? But your will be done. And the moment he said, let your will be done, what happened? He decided to go on the cross. Satan ah, left him. But let's quickly go back, right? So they tempted Abraham to, it must be the only begotten. So he gave his only begotten, right? It's a kind of faith that will require God to give his son. In the same way Abraham gave his son. What, what God was looking for is a prototype of his love on earth. Okay. My love is I'll have to give my only son. And you know that he was not a son while he was Logos. He's not. Was he a son? No. He's God. He's the word. He's not a son. So when Jesus was talking, he's talking about a destiny that is happening in the spirit. Right? Because it is the begotten son. See, a son that God has raised that they will give for all men. 
to finish the work and finish, move fully into eternal life and dish it. The only begotten son is a son that is for eternal life. Because he's the only begotten son. That only begotten son is, is a son for eternal life. So meaning that God made sure that what everybody will benefit from has come into eternal life. So Jesus died and then published salvation upon everyone that will believe. And he's still publishing that salvation, right? But first, he will publish peace, right? He'll publish peace. So this publishing that I'm saying is the publishing in the spirit. Once we get born again, he will publish salvation in our spirit or he publish peace in our spirits, right? Then God will publish salvation. Because of Jesus, God, let me put it that way, because of Jesus, God can publish salvation because of Christ. And like I said, it is a Christ that can seek God, right? It is a peace man that, that, that can allow salvation to be published. So when peace is, is published, it is so that salvation can be published. Why? Because when you look at it, what Jesus did, what he really did, what it really did, we call it salvation, but in a way it just makes our spirit at peace with God. Right? I hope what I'm saying is not too... I know this is a little bit doctrinal, but I'll rewind quickly. Back to where we are talking, so I don't talk too far, but... No, I'm not, I'm not teaching them specifically. I'm just mentioning them, right? And if you don't understand, it's okay, right? It's something you can think about. If you have questions, you can ask me, of course. But we, you know, the Lord will allow us as much as we can to teach these things later, right? But I'm just mentioning that. But let me draw back. Is that the Lord talked about the destiny, right, of what he's going to do. So he's going to give you his only begotten son. So it must be the only begotten son. Right of Abraham that he must give, which is a kind of faith. That kind of thing requires a kind of faith. It's called that faith to give. Is that faith? I would say it's a Christ kind of faith, or to live by a kind of life that you are you are able to give what you have. Can give it. Can give. You are not too worried about life. When I say too, not too worried, not too worried about what. What men worry about, like money, car, house, things that get men shaken, career gets money. You'll be so shocked about getting, how getting money shakes men. Oh, you don't think so? Getting money shakes men. You'll be surprised. You and I, eh? money can still shake us in a way if we don't have the right sense. If you don't have the right sense. And it will look justifiable. It will look, ah, uh-uh, is it not, we can do this. It's a sense. One thing I've, no- I've noticed is so- some of it, sometimes when I'm thinking about certain areas, and I'm, maybe, let me excuse it away, and then I'll hear authorities over me talk about it. The way they are talking about it, they are not even sparing it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, ah, okay. So me, I'm the, the standard is sometimes, in the truth, it is tough. There's nothing about it. It's just us that look for excuse. The standard, when it comes to that money thing, is it's quite clear. 
there's anything that has to do with money and God. There's no argument, God first, forget money. There's no argument about it. So let's say I want to do something and then, ah, no, I have to, I have to, I'll, I'll first of all consider God. If in considering God, I won't be able to do the, ah, I'll have to forgo. That's the reason why we won't be doing too many things. Right? We'll be doing too many things. Because when you are doing too many, 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 many things, it means that somehow, 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 you are still going after mammon. Do this one, do this one, do that one, do this one, do that Okay, what? Okay, why are you why not settling on one thing to do? Why do this, do this, do this? What's going on? And it's also a sign that there's some there's some settlement that has not happened in that. So there's no there's not there's some peace that's not taking place in that. So that soul is lacking some peace, which the Lord needs to bring. Amen. Wow, I've spoken for, spoken for a long time. Because when it's one, then that's when I start remembering to bring the thing to an end. So let's start talking about. <laughs> Because now I discovered that maybe I have to explain some things and there's no time. So let's start rounding up. Amen. So like I was saying, God um, gave his only son, so faith. So I, I didn't talk about faith. Like, okay, I was talking about good. Aha, okay, we are back. So you find that I was talking about a wife who find a good thing. right? A good thing is actually the beginning of the life of God. Right? Anything before that, it's not yet good. It can it can be, you know, you have in in uh, scores you have good, you have excellent, right? Before good was there fair. You have fair, you have good, right? You can have a fair score. So the truth of the matter is that. A fair report can be considered a good report, but it's not good. Hope I'm not confusing. In the in the sense that a fair report is not fair, so ah, that's still good. You did not fail. You did not fail, but it's not it's not it's not so great. But fair, in some cases, fair is better than fail. In some cases, fair. It's what is needed to pass a course that you don't have to retake it. Right? While it would be preferable to have an excellent score. And if you can get an excellent score, it is better to have a good score. Because it will, it will boost the GP. It will do, do well. But fair, you know what? I can do well with other things. Let me just take this fair and go and not retake it. This course is terrible. Right? So. <laughs> There are some courses like that, man. There was a course that I got a D when I was in school. If if that D was enough for me not to retake the course, honestly, I would never retake that course. But it happens that in engineering, you have to, the least you can ever get is a C. Anything below a C, you are retaking that course. I wonder why. Some courses, they will give you the you are going. But in engineering, no. The, the, 
it means that what they want to produce is an averagely is an average student, which is a C. Meaning that every engineer that graduates must be a, must be the, the least of it must be a C student. It's like they have faith that if you're a C student, you maybe because of experience you can get to maybe a, a or but if you're a D, they are too, they are skeptical about releasing you into the engineering world. <laughs> If we release this soul, what is going to happen? <laughs> right? So, you have uh, a good. So, the good part is he who finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains favor, which is the beginning of the life of a blessing that I was, what I was explaining, right? So, finding a, a woman is a blessing, but a woman can also be your cause if you, if you don't follow God. So, I'm talking about that to guys, but guess too, you all understand that if the lady can either be a blessing or a cause, how? By how they themselves are being led. Right? Because when Balaam told Balak, use the women, they could have refused. Right? So, Balak, sorry, Israelite. But they themselves had they, they had the gain means they have an ambition there's there's a lust in their heart that they move into israel they, they were the one that used their own hand and skill to trick the israelites into committing fornication with them the lord told do not spear any woman that has known a man don't if you if you spear any of them problem so it's like, they, it's like they tried spearing. Ah, I, I forget. It's like they speared some. And the Lord was vexed. Ah. I, I say you must not spear any. Why? Because a woman that has known there's a, there's a skill. Ah! Meaning that they are a snare. So there's something about a woman knowing a man that the Lord was. That there's a wisdom about that. That's, ah! Israel. This is this woman who have the wisdom of. Drawing you after other gods. So don't keep them. Right? So that brings me back to what I was saying earlier as a roundup. I don't know if I was able to even get to, I'll try my best to get to this what they are all understanding. It's like it's like this God area. Whenever I land there, whenever I land there, it's like it's like I just fall and I can't get out. <laughs> I guess the Lord wants to deal with gods in our heart. Right? Yeah. Funny enough, what's the land in that God area? It's just like there's just something new. There, what I'm seeing, I know I came from a, an angle on Tuesday, right? That one of the things about a Gentile is that they have gods. Right? They have their, they, they have, they serve their gods. A Jew is supposed to have just one. Now, I'm not saying something now that I said earlier that brought my attention to something before I end. Is what the Lord wants to do. The target of the Lord is that the Lord wants Israel to possess lands. Right? It means that the Lord wants you to also possess your lands. For a possession of land to take place, there must be war in the land. War or fighting with, with the, the true people they are fighting is the gods of the land. 
That's what they are fighting. It's the gods of the land. That's what they are going after. The reason why they are fighting all the men is so that they can get rid of the gods. Because who the Lord hates in, that is occupying the land is really those gods. It's not really the people. But the problem is that the people have joined themselves with those gods such that they can't... You can, and this thing I'm saying is tied to what I'm saying, what they're all under saying. You can't just remove that God from those Gentiles like that. You can't. To remove it from them, you literally need to kill them. Do you understand? Is that you can't, those Gentiles, you can't, you can't change their mind. Because if you can change their mind, they won't war with you. Right? And I'll tell you why they won't war with you. They've seen, not the person that is wise, right? The moment they left Egypt, guess what happened? News spread. They left the the red uh, the red sea that was parted. How did uh, it was? I think it was Balaam that was saying that they've heard how the Lord dealt with Egypt, how they parted the red sea. Please come and curse these people for me. <laughs> Is it Balaam? I think it's Balaam. Not too sure. Oh, was he a god? Was he a, was he the Jericho? But if I may check it, yeah, we can check it as I try to round up. Hello, Joy. Are you understand what I'm saying? You understand? Is it clear? Is the picture coming together for you? You like it? Okay. Sorry, I'm mentioning your name. I just want to make sure that no, because I see the way you are looking is like you are you are processing some information, right? Huh. What's here? What's there? Am, or am I lying? Are you, are you, it's like you're posting some info. Eh? Yes. Numbers. Ah, it has to be Balaam. It's Balaam, right? Okay. Yeah, Balak says. Let me, let me use that mic so that you can get it. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, okay. the son of Behor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, cause me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail that we might we may smite them and that I may drive them out, out of the land. You see? Let's stop there. That we drive. See, I want you I want us to take note of all the things that Balaam is saying. Balak is saying. See, we have heard these people, how what? Please read that part. Let's take it one by one. I, want to, and this, I think I've, I've seen something here, and then we'll go, and then I think I'll, I'll land. See, they are bound what? Is it, um, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. That's you. Now, you know there's a people. When I said a people, right, we're talking about Israelite, right, which is a nation. Now, I'm also now saying that you, you are also a nation. You are in many people inside of you. Depending on what the Lord wants to address, right? Now, it's addressing our soul. That soul is many members, many nations, right? 
So while sometimes we can say Israel, collectively, children of God, Johnny, but now we are centering this nation, these many people. You are that many people. And I explained to you why you are that many people. He said, and the Lord blessed them. That's Genesis chapter 1. And the Lord blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The blessing of the living soul is multiplication. Meaning that you, as you begin to grow in your right destiny, you are becoming many. You are becoming multiplied. That is why grace and peace must be multiplied to you. It's multiplication, right? So you are many people, which is a, many people will form a nation, right? So many people come out. Oh yeah, let's read that. Let's go further. Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Egypt. Behold, okay. they cover the face of the earth. You see, many people come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth. See, there are many. We know that we are still going to become many, many, many. We are, we are going to be increasing. Mm. Don't look at your weaknesses now. I want you to see something. See, see, see Balak is a, a king who is reigning. You can see Balak as one, one of the kings of sin that may be reigning in you. See, it's so funny that when you get born again, they, they, they are already afraid of you. Sin is already jittering. It's already scared. It's afraid. Because the moment you get born again, they're already multiplying you. You just don't know it. When you learn the life of Christ, you have abundant multiplication. But I want us to also see this abundant multiplication, right? Say they come out of Egypt. How did they come out of Egypt? They came out of Egypt, they parted the Red Sea. You know the moment they left that Red Sea, they moved into the world of Christ. Wilderness. That's the word of Christ. That's the word of many. You now notice that, see, they abound many. That abounding many was not in Egypt. Do you understand? They didn't abound in Egypt. There was a number that came out of Egypt. The moment they crossed the Red Sea, they were journeying before they got to Moab, the land of the Moabites, right? Where Balaam or Balak saw them. Meaning that before, from Egypt to then, they've been increasing. So, he didn't actually know the number that left Egypt. But now, they've multiplied. And you'll be so shocked that this multiplication, you would think is the old, old people. Many of them are falling. They're getting to a new generation here. Right? There was a generation that fell. Once they sent the spy to check the land, the Canaan land, they came back somewhere not having faith. Then the, the Moab, some of the Moabites came behind them. What they were, so the weak men, they struck them. And then some, right, was it the Moab? I think it was the Moab in a way. Because the land of Moab, Moab is, a, is a big land, but if, if I'm wrong, check it to confirm what it is. I can't remember, but there was a... Is it, is it the Moabite or the, the Amorite? No, no, the Amorite is in the land of the Canaan. The, is it the... Because before they got to Canaan, I forgot. I'll check, I'll check but they, after they, they were going, they came behind them to smite them. 
And then they had, the strong one had to come back and fight them off. And then there was a land, there was a time, but I can't remember exactly the story, but, they, but after they sent the spies to check the land, they came, right? And when they came back, they gave the report. Then, they, I think they were not wanting to go out and fight. The Lord said, no, don't go. Just go where I've been telling you to go. But they disobeyed, they went to go out and fight. They killed them. So many of them perished. So what I'm trying to say is that they were multiplying, no. But it was not mainly the whole generation. It was actually, do you know that it was the new generation that entered the promised land? Hmm. What I'm saying is that your old man is dying. As you are journeying to possess your land, your old man is dying. Then your new man is becoming stronger. A new generation. So the people that are bound towards the face are multiplied against Balak are new generations. Meaning that, the Lord is multiplying you by blessing. See that blessing is, is, a, is, is, a, is a blow against sin. What the Lord is blessing you, giving you his life, giving you his blessings, is, is giving you things to deal with sin. Like I, saying, like I was saying, sin is a lifestyle. Honestly, I didn't get what I was going to say. Time has gone. I don't think I'll we'll see, but I don't know if I will say this, but maybe I'll just talk about it a bit. I, I know I've spoken about this on that scene like two Saturdays ago. Maybe last Saturday, I'm not too sure. So perhaps maybe if you do listen to that again, you can have a sense of what I'm saying, right? Why both Jews and Gentiles they are all under sin? Because like I was saying, what I was explaining really is their, their lifestyle. But let me finish this one so that I can. You know, it's, I, I believe it's a blessing for us, right? So this man, this man, this new man, this newness, the new you that is going in, growing obedience, that is growing in life, is a, is, a, is a threat to sin. Why? Because he now said that they are bound towards me. And then what did they say? They multiply. See, beyond they cover the face of the earth. They cover the face. And they abide over <laughs> against me. And they what? They abide, abide over. over against what, what, me. What, what, why are they abiding over against him? Mm. It's to war. They abide. But the funny thing is that they were not preparing to war against him yet. Too. They, ju- they were just couching. They were just chilling. They, just, they just stood by the border. They have not even decided they are going to war or move. They just stood by the border. They were just chilling. But Balak was already afraid. That's how sin and every of the weakness you have is afraid of your righteousness. That's how they are. That's how they're scared. You know, because it might look like they're a big mountain. It's a lie. What they do is they send thoughts to commit fornication with you. So you can be weak. I know I have strength to go against them. What they are afraid is you worrying against them. So don't be, what am I saying? Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't, don't feel powerless. You are not the one that is afraid. Here is Satan. Yeah. Sin, sin, is, sin saw you just moving towards the land is afraid. Why? Because he doesn't want you to possess the land. So the Lord wants to you to possess the land of your soul. Every land that gods have taken, the Lord wants you to take it. Because the moment the Lord is, and how do, how do they become afraid? 
when the Lord begin to open your eyes. Why they know forgiveness of sin is about to take place. They hate forgiveness. They don't want forgiveness of sin to occur. Huh? They are abounding here. It means they've moved here. You know, you know your land, this side your soul is plenty. So as you are moving, each God in every land is watching. Ah, you have abound towards here. And you are abounding. Because the Lord will have to abound to you in grace and wisdom, right? And prudence. Yeah, it will abound to you in wisdom and prudence. When it abounds towards you, you yourself, you are bound. And as you are abounding, Satan is afraid because you are about to deal, you are about to deal a deadly blow to it. Oh, the reminder that the Lord has been telling you about the life you need to live is you multiplying against that sin. Until there is enough strength to war against. But he doesn't want you to win. So he's still possessing the land. But the Lord wants you to possess the land of your soul. Where other gods have inhibited by a lifestyle. Because all the people in the land, there's a way they are. There's a culture. There's a way they live. Which is designed by the wisdom of sin. Amen. Amen. Sin is the masterminder of idols, like I was saying. So they are all, so both Jews are Gentiles. They are all on the sin. So a Jew, right? I'm trying to just quickly merge the two so I can end. A Jew and a Gentile, right? That still have gods, right? Is still on the sin. That, the, that God is not yet their God. It's still under sin. But they may not be under sin in every area of their life. They can be under sin in specific lands. Because the Lord divides the lands. So when you say you're all under sin, you think all of your entirety. No. It's only only some. Why? You have been winning some grounds. As you are growing up spiritually, right? You'll be winning some grounds. Why? And that, that winning ground is tied to your eyes being open. That does not hope. That does that. See, oh, thank you, Jesus. See, the parting of the Red Sea is the opening of eyes. When they parted the Red Sea, they were opening eyes of Israel to see the kingdom because they are seeing the land on the other side. So, parting the Red Sea is opening sight. The moment sight is given, you can begin to identify sin because it is then. When Israel moved into the land, they began to understand that there's a different kind of life. Why? Manna from heaven. No longer cucumber. And cap, is it uh, is cucumber and, uh, and onions and, and quail, you know, all the things they like to eat in, in Egypt. They don't realize that, wait, 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 there's a different order of meat here. It means that there's a different order of lifestyle. There's a different way to live. Amen. I'm feeling guilty that I didn't, I didn't get to talk about that. Why they are, oh, but did I, did I talk about it while they are both understanding it? Does it look like I talked about it in a bit? Because I was, I, was, I was giving us some insight, right, into the, the sin lifestyle, into the sin life. So sin is not just act. The sin in Israel, right, 
is be is is the is the is the, is over them is a reign is a is a king. Sin over Israel is a king which rules is ruling, but it doesn't look like it is ruling because all they see is just what they do. But God gave them the law to deal with what is over them. Why? To open the the reason why they actually gave them the law is to actually open their eyes to see that wait to see that all that the world may become guilty. In a way, is the Lord making them see, see, look, 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 look. You've been living, but you've been living by a different kind of lifestyle, different kind of sight. That one is not meant to be so. I'm a jealous God. You can't, can't be living that way. Now, I'm giving you these laws to stop a lifestyle in you so that you can gain my own. So, sin is not just, I guess, I guess this is the, my summary of what I say. what they are both under sin. Sin, right, is not just something they do. Sin is a wisdom. If sin is a wisdom, well, it, it means it's a life. It's a wisdom, right? It's a wisdom of life, right? It's a wisdom of life against righteousness. Because what sin teaches is an unrighteous life for to make men ungodly, which is what is part of the people in the land. In all those lands that Israel was moving into and they were abounding towards, right? Those lands, those, those guys that were living there with their gods. Because, like I was saying, the God is, is the target. God wants to target all the idols. Because those idols, what they really do is they maintain the lifestyle of the people. And sin is the one that gave all those nations gods. Is the one that has the wisdom of which God to give to each land. Right? So, if a Jew get into a land and didn't get rid of the people of the nations in those land to inhabit the land, it will be under sin. Because this, they, won't, they won't deal with the sin of the land, which is the idol that, or the sin that has been perpetuated by the idol of the land. They won't get rid of it. And if they can't get rid of it, they will be under it. Which God was not want. Why he was telling them, make sure you kill every, destroy all the altars. I don't want to see anything there. Destroy it. The Lord was targeting the life in the land. He wants to take the land back. All he wants is just his life to be in the land. So the Lord wants his life to be in you. In order for that to happen, your eyes must be open. When your eyes are open, what he would show you is the things to deal with sin. How? You will become righteous. For there is none righteous. No, not one. Sin, right, is a master over righteousness. So they are all under sin. We have proved before. This is the statement that I, I will say and then end. Say, I said, this, this passage, what I will talk about, and then I end. It said, they, both Jews and Gentiles, they are all 
on the sin. Now said, for, so, sorry, as it is written. This statement is explaining the reason why they are all on the sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. There is none that understand it. These two things, they are intertwined. Understanding and righteousness is a deliverance from sin. Why? Because you have to understand a different kind of life. Amen. You have to understand a what? A different kind of life. A different life against sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And as you are having a different kind of understanding and you are becoming righteous, you are dealing with gods of the land. With idols. The moment your eyes are open, you are seeing a God. <laughs> What's happening? Once you are seeing a God, righteousness is coming. This is what you should do. Now, when righteousness comes, or when righteousness is revealed, this thing I'm still talking about, for daring, is the righteousness of God, revealed from faith to faith. Because you can't learn righteousness unless you have sight, unless your eyes are open which we're talking about in Acts 26, which says, I'll quickly read it and then, Acts 26, 17 says, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan, right, to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Meaning that they, that they might remove, their, they might take away their sins. Meaning that without eyes being open, you can't understand. Why? Because it is after eyes are open that understanding comes. Right? It is after eyes are open, you can be turned from a God to God of your salvation. From an idol. To the God of your salvation. You can be turned, right? From darkness to light. Sin is a cloud of darkness. Right? And the truth of the matter is that, I say sin is a wisdom. Sin is also a man. Satan is a man of sin. He's the masterminder. He's the, he's the God behind sin. sin. Ah, okay, all right. Let me put it this way. Sin is a life from the son of perdition. Sin is a life from Satan. It's a wisdom. It's a wisdom of life. And I, I, won't, I won't talk too much about it, but I've defined it, right? But like we see, sin, when the eyes of Cain was opened, what did he began to do? He began to move, began to build cities. Right? Now, Building the city, that act itself, is not the problem. The question is, where did he fetch the wisdom to build a city from? Where did that idea come from? It's from a spirit. It's a sin life that Satan is perpetuating. He picked it. He says, sin life. Say, if thou doest well, would that not, would, if thou doest good, would that not be? If thou doest well, would that not be accepted? If thou doest not well, say, sin 
lieth at the door. It's not Satan that is there. It's sin. Sin lieth at the door because a life wants to rule over him. What I thought I would do is explain how this same thing is and make us see sin very well. But apparently, I, I couldn't do that. But I just felt the Lord wants to encourage us today that you should be encouraged. As you are growing, you are abounding. You are increasing. Your old man is dying. Your new man is being renewed day after day. Day after day. And what you, you have much consolation against every idol of the land that you are going against. You have strength. Don't feel too weak. Be strengthened. Be encouraged. Well, sin is afraid of you. The gods, the idols of the land, is af- they are all afraid of you. The king, the king of the land, right? The land of your soul. They are all afraid of what you are going to do. Why? Because you are abounding. And the Lord is abounding to you in all wisdom. See, wisdom that is abounding towards you, that is making you to abound, is, is as a result of sight being given to you. When you have sight, you can see, then you can begin to come into wisdom. Or rather, you can begin to come into righteousness. Amen. When you come into righteousness, definitely you come into understanding. I'll quote this scripture and that's it. In first Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, Paul began to pray for the Ephesians. He said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Right? See the eyes of your understanding. You now see why there is none that understand it. Because eyes are shut. The eyes are shut against the men of the land. They can't see. The reason why men are under sin. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's the summary. The reason why men are under sin is because eyes have not been opened. You cannot be over sin if eyes are shut. And they told us in Act chapter 26, saying that that they are that you might turn them from darkness. They said that to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. When eyes are open, it is the eyes of your understanding. When the eyes of your understanding is open, righteousness begins to come to you. Understanding can sit in your soul. And when understanding can sit and you have, underst- and you have righteousness, what happens? You can overcome sin. You, you won't no longer be under sin. A Jew that is blind is the same as a Gentile in their sight. So a Jew that is blind is the same as a Gentile, that their eyes are open. Do you understand? Even though a Jew has an inheritance, they have the oracle. The oracle is the solution that the open eyes bring. What am I saying? I was saying something, that the oracle, right, the oracle speaks words. What you get from the oracle is what? The oracles of God, the manner and the ways of God. Those are the oracles. Talk. What? Words come to you, right? To give you sight. But when your eyes are open, you can contact the oracle. Right? So maybe we don't know too much about the oracle. Yes, I don't think the, 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 the cause of our conversation today is around the oracle. Right? But the oracle 
the oracle, the place of the oracle is important for every Jew. It's their destiny. But their eyes must be opened. To get to the oracle, to hear the oracle, eyes must be opened. To get the oracle, your eyes must be enlightened. Amen. It says, no righteous, no understanding. Now see that understanding comes from eyes being open. When eyes are open, they can understand. When eyes are open, righteousness can flow. Right? So, there is not that understanding, there is not that is righteous. But the Lord wants to make you righteous. You will be righteous. You will understand. The Lord wants you. Don't be discouraged against all the idols you might think you are worrying against. Don't be afraid. All you need is just have a desire to eradicate all of them. Don't be like Saul. Don't be like Israel, making mistakes. They try to keep some. No. The Lord says, don't leave any. Then have a desire not to leave any. Have a desire to deal with all the idols of your land. Then you say the Lord will be merciful to you. Blessing will flow. You won't, every time Israel obeyed God and they don't have any other God, blessing flow. Meaning that if you will have such desire to eradicate all the idols of the land, blessing will flow in you. You shall be blessed when you sleep. You shall be blessed when you rise up. You shall be blessed when you are walking on the street. Just have a desire to deal with all the gods of the land. Deal with them. Pray for sight to be given. More to see as many as those idols are. See, sight in a way is leading. Because the Lord was leading Israel to all the lands. And those that they will fight against went to fight, went to rest. The Lord has all those wisdom. Meaning the Lord have the wisdom of dealing with sin and the idols of the land. Pray that the Lord will give you sight. The Lord will increase your sight. That you will abound in wisdom and prudence. Are we blessed today? Let's just begin to thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. E brasite vede kushita kariara no sapaliata. E brasite vede mushita kali karadoshta kama zete bariata. E brasite vede kashita kala tana mazota baliata badidoshta. E brasite vede kahala karadoshta bandekasta bandakata. E brasoto vede mushita. Can we pray that the Lord will bless us, increase us in sight, more increase in sight? To see all the lands, to see all the lands that must be acquired, to see all the idols that must be dealt with. We don't want to be under sin. Say both Jews and Gentiles, they are both under sin. Why? Because of lack of sight. We can be under sin if we don't understand. We can be under sin if we are not righteous. So the solution to overcome sin is becoming righteous, is to have understanding of the life of God. Can we pray that heaven? will bless us with sight. Heaven will bless us with seeing. That our, the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. That we can start coming out under of sin. We can start coming out of sin. We don't want to be under sin. We want to overcome sin. We pray that the Lord 
will give us sight. We give us sight to see all the idols. We give us sight to deal with all the idols, all the gods of the land of our soul. Sight to see, sight to see, sight to see. That the eyes, let's pray for the eyes of our understanding. You see, there's none that is righteous, there's none that understand. Meaning that when we understand, we can come out of sin. We can overcome. Let's pray for the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. Eyes of our understanding being enlightened. That we might know. Malika haravashita kalatasa. Fasa makariata bazete mushita kare. Embrata vade mushita kalikata bete kani mushita. Eprazata vade mushita. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you, Father, for your word this morning, this afternoon. We thank you, Father, for how you've helped us and encouraged us in your word. We thank you, Father, for how you've come to to define again uh, how we can come out of sin, how we can overcome. Thank you, Father, for telling us again the importance of sight and the need for the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. Thank you, Father, for showing us the need for sight. Father, we pray, Lord, that by the mercy of the word that came, of your word that is coming, that it would give us and multiply unto us sight in the name of Jesus. That the activities of enlightening will begin to take place in our soul in the name of Jesus. That wherever we need to understand, you begin to give us understanding. Wherever we need to be righteous, you bring forth righteousness. We pray, Father, that you part, you part the sea of our eyes that is blinding us from seeing and you give clarity of sight to see the land that we are going into in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You dwell between the cherubim shine for You dwell between the cherubim shine for You dwell between the cherubim shine for